Welcome to Sense and Nonsense A to Z, where we pick topics based off of the letter of the day. Today is episode nine of season one, featuring the letter I. We're family and we're your hosts, AT and Z. So let's get started. Today's hello is Tahitian. Oh, Yorana. 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 All right. Hello. Yeah. It's spelled with an I, I A O R A N A, but it's pronounced Yorana. That's nice. Yeah, it is. Beautiful language, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what's going on, Z? You know, not much. It's been a slow week for me. Nothing. I got nothing. Nothing. Nah. What I about got you? Something. I got something. Okay. Preseason baseball, baby. Oh, okay. It's finally here. Thank God. <laughs> and I am enjoying it. That's, that's for sure. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. So right now I have hockey, I have basketball, and I have preseason baseball. I'm a happy camper. I guess you are. Yep. Yep. Rangers are doing well. I'm, I'm happy. So uh, here's the latest. Okay. We had talked about Troy Aikman going to Monday Night Football. Yes. Joe Buck is joining him. Is he? Yep. Isn't that great? Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a nice pairing. Wonderful. You can, it's it's going to be the reason to watch Monday Night Football now. (laughs) (laughs) Not the games. Forget the game. (laughs) Sometimes it's a game. Of course it's a game. But, you know, it's hard to watch a game when the announcers are on the lame side. And I I got to be honest with you. Some of the Monday night football guys have been lame. So it's also going to be interesting to see who Fox replaces them with. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me sometimes to listen to the announcing. It it really is. I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. So that's, what's going on. Well, the best of luck to them. I hope they're very successful. I'm sure they will be. I'm sure they will be. Yep. Did you by any chance watch the Oscars? I didn't know. Did you hear what happened? Well, I heard something like Will Smith smacked Chris Rock. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like a punch slap. What? Chris Rock does his regular thing. Right. I'm a big fan of Chris Rock. Me too. Okay. So I I know his humor. Everybody knows his humor. Uh, He's been around for ages. Yeah. Long time. Long time. And Will Smith and his wife were pretty much in the front. Yeah. One of his jokes was, you know, he said, I love you. He goes, I'm looking forward to seeing you in GI Jane too. To Jada Pinkett Smith. Right. Okay. Apparently she has that issue that she's losing her hair because of that. Uh, alopecia. Yes. Yes. Alopecia. Yeah. And I guess Will Smith didn't take kindly to the GI Jane reference. Ooh, because Demi Moore shaved her head. Correct. Uh-huh. So he went up to the stage and punch slapped him. Holy crap. And I got to tell you something. Um, Chris Rock handled it beautifully. He took a moment and he said, I just got beat up by Will Smith. He was taken aback. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, a couple of people had taken Will Smith aside and said, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. He proceeded to have said to Chris Rock, get my wife's name out of your effing mouth. So anyway, anyway, yeah, was not good. And unfortunately, all the talk shows are talking about that rather than talking about the awards. Yeah, of course. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
there was a thought also that why did they let him go up? Because Will Smith won for best actor. Why did they let him go up and ramble on for five minutes? And then he got a standing ovation. Really? Yeah. Hollywood's not looked on very fondly right now. (laughs) Jeez. There's a thought that maybe he should not be allowed to go there anymore. Well, this isn't the first time there's been some controversy with him I know. the Academy Awards. I know, that's true. Yeah. But that's, yeah. he physically assaulted somebody and uh, exactly. then they let him. And Chris Rock is not pressing charges. He's very fortunate because he's, he's got very a fortunate. billion witnesses <laughs> that <laughs> this just happened. I know. That's not the way to handle things. Yeah. I don't know what I would have done if I was in charge. I probably would have allowed him to go get his award and say, thank you. And you're out of here. You know, I don't know. That's, that's that was my call. first thought. Yeah. 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 That's I don't a tough know. call. Chris Rock is a down to earth kind of guy. Yeah, of course and he is. doesn't surprise me that he's not going to press charges, but just for the, but point. you know what else do he probably shouldn't have made that comment. That's that, that's not a good joke to make. It's not a good joke, but no. you know, sometimes they're not good jokes. You know, sometimes I crosses know. the line. Yeah, of course. But it's not something that she could help. It's not like it's a choice she made. No, no, but the medical also condition. been very, very public about it. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. But you know, yeah. it's it's one thing to go after people for the stupid choices they've made, yeah. or you know, yeah. whatever. Oh, yeah, it's not a choice. You know, it's but medical choice. conditions are kind of like, eh, really? Yeah, I know. And by the way, Will Smith did not apologize to Chris Rock. No, I'm sure he won't. Yeah, he won't. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's that's the hoopla. <sighs> hoopla. That wow. Hoopla. How about if we do the 10 questions I edition? Okay. All right. So you ready for some uh, intriguing questions? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to be intrigued. There you go. Yeah. Okay. First question. Which Italian dish is your favorite? I'm going to go with ziti. Big ziti. <laughs> okay. All righty. Yeah. It used to be uh, angel hair pasta with white clam sauce, but now I am allergic to shellfish. So that's there out. You, go. you can't do that anymore. <laughs> Oh yeah. What, what about you? Lasagna, baby. Yeah. I had a feeling you were going to say it lasagna, but here's my thing with that. I can do the exact same thing with ziti faster. Well, yeah, but ziti gets mushed up a little bit more where as lasagna with the layers mm-hmm. stay separated, you know? Yeah. Okay. Question right. number two. Okay. When is the last time that you had an IV? 11 years ago when I was in the hospital. Uh, with giving guy. birth to my yeah. son. Yeah. Yeah. Never. Yeah. All right. I had to think about that, right? Yeah. Well, when, I just, yeah. Yeah. When I was creating these, I was going for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For me, it was my colonoscopy, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Discussion awesome. for another time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Question number three Which country would you prefer to visit? Ireland? or Israel? Ireland. Okay. Ireland. Yeah, because it's hot in Israel. <laughs> yeah, I do better well, in cooler climate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about you? That, it's kind of a toss up because I wouldn't mind going to Israel because of Jerusalem, you know, sure, that sure. sort of thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a toss up for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Indy 500. Mm-hmm. Or Daytona 500. Okay. Well, I've been to the Indy 500. Okay. Uh, I have been to NASCAR races, but I've never been to Daytona. 
I I would say Daytona 500 because I've been to Indy. So Daytona. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like NASCAR better than I like the IndyCar racing. So I do too, but there's yeah. something about the brickyard. There's something oh, about it. Yeah. Even, yeah. even NASCAR drivers, yeah. when they race at the brickyard, there's something about that place. Yeah. So yeah. no, That's I've, seen, race I've seen Jeff Gordon kiss those bricks, baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I would say since I've never, I've never been to Daytona. Been, I would yeah. Go to Daytona. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. Do you have the iHeart app? No, no, I don't. Okay. Do you? I do. Yeah, I do. All right. Ever stayed in Illinois? Not just passing through. I mean, stayed. I don't think so. No, huh? No. Driven through only. Yeah. Wait. (laughs) Hold on. No, no, I don't think so. Okay. I stayed twice, once for a wedding and once for business. Hmm. Way back when. Okay. We're up to number seven. Oh, how many? Yeah. How many picture IDs do you carry? Under normal circumstances, one. <laughs> Your license, right? Yeah. yeah. If I'm traveling too. Passport. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I would actually, okay. if I'm traveling, I t- tend to carry three because I've got little guys too. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Next one. Do you own anything from Ikea? No, no, no. me neither. Only really only because there's really not a convenient one near here. Yeah, here either. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. This next question is a little off the wall. Okay. Ink cartridges, original or remanufactured? Original. Yeah, I do too. I always have problems with the yeah. uh, remanufactured ones. Yeah, you me know? too. Yeah. yeah either they don't work and, yeah. you know, or they'll yeah. work a little bit and then they're useless. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Name someone with a high IQ. That I know, or just in general? In general. Albert Einstein? That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. So first Stephen one Hawking? I <laughs> Stephen Hawking? Uh... It's funny that you brought those two up. Okay. They're both at 160. Are they? Yeah. Sir Isaac Newton, 190. Mozart, 165. Da Vinci, 220. Holy. For da Vinci. Yeah. Johann How did Strauss. they know that? He didn't take a test. You know what it is? It's people who analyze these people. Okay. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, go take a test. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln <laughs> wasn't taking an IQ test. Actually, they have Lincoln. Lincoln didn't make the top uh, five presidents, but I have the top five presidents. Are you ready? Yeah. Quincy Adams, 175, Thomas Jefferson, 160, Madison, 160, Kennedy, 159.8. How did they come up with that? And Clinton, 159. Technically, 200 is the highest, but I guess it's an old bar. And now we have new bars with uh, people going over 200. Because there's this kid in Singapore. He is 22. Um, his IQ is categorized at 263. Holy crap. I know. And there's an American author. Her name is Marilyn Voss Savant. She was born in St. Louis, Missouri, 1946. Her IQ is 228. Wow. Here's something I stumbled on. An article that was written last year for Screen Rant. I never heard of them before. But yeah, I yeah, I know who them. they are. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, they rated the characters of the Big Bang Theory. Okay. I thought this was cute. All right. So we know that Sheldon Cooper is number one. Right. right? 
even on the show, they claimed that his IQ was 187. Okay. Okay. Take a guess who was number two. This is out of the main characters. Okay. Um, right. They went one to 10. So they, they had some characters that were on for a couple episodes, you know, or for a season, that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah um, I don't know. Maybe Amy? Amy. Yep. They felt that Amy was right behind Sheldon between 180 and 185. Are you ready for number three? Yeah. Kripke. Oh. Because he challenged Cooper yeah. all the time. All the time. Yeah. yeah. He's crafty, Kripke. Yeah. Yeah. And then they felt Raj because of his background. Okay. Uh, then they came up with Leonard. Leonard on a show had mentioned that his uh, IQ was 173. So they put him in there. Mm -hmm. Then they came up with Bernadette. Mm -hmm. Then Howard. Mm -hmm. Then they threw in Dr. Leslie Winkle. Okay. Remember her? Yes. Yep. Of course. Right. Yes. And uh, Stuart number nine and Penny number 10. But I think Penny had the most common sense out of everybody. Probably. But Stuart. Mark yeah. They put Stuart before. Wow. Um, yeah. Because he had some sort of art degree. I was going to say thing. he did. He does have a skill. He went to art yeah. school. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So well, that, that, that order actually does make sense to me. So I think they were probably right on the button with that. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Ready for a sensor nonsense game? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. This is the category. Okay. One of my favorite things. Okay. Ice cream. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Sense or nonsense? The U.S. consumes more ice cream per capita than any other country. Uh, I would say cents. New Zealand, oh. with an average of 7.5 gallons per person per year. And then U.S. is second with an average of 5.5 gallons per person per year. Really? Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't so, it cold in New Zealand? <laughs> How are they doing eating all that ice cream? <laughs> they love ice cream. I guess so. However, as far as volume, the U.S. consumes the most. So followed by Australia, then Norway. Wait a minute. So am I right or am I wrong? No, you're wrong because it was per capita. Oh, per capita. Oh. Per capita. Oh. Do you want me to repeat the question? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I already feel an ice cream headache coming on. <laughs> Brain freeze. Okay. okay. All right. Sense or nonsense? Employees at Ben and Jerry's are allowed to take home ice cream for free every day. Every day? Every day. That's generous if that's true. I will say nonsense. They're allowed up to three pints daily. What? I want to work there. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Can that is a tremendous amount. Amount of ice cream, yeah. Every day? Yeah, they're good guys. I can guess you imagine? So. No. I'm sure That's... people don't do it, you know, but that they is... can. That is a tremendous amount of ice cream. Yeah. yeah. Three pints a day? Yep. Up to three pints daily. So they can just take one. Or they cannot take any. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I mean, I've worked for companies before and like you can take stuff, but like not every day. They usually yeah. have like a weekly thing or something yeah. like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I've wow. never worked for a company that don't let us do it. Really? Never, never. Oh no. God. I worked for a couple of companies that you were allowed to do that. Yeah. They had bins, you know, stuff. Oh yeah. 
that they yeah. were like, you can have, you know, whatever. Nah. Even when I worked for a toy company, they just had like a once a year sale. That stuff was like a penny or 10 cents. Really? And you always had. Yeah. 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 I've never worked for a company that you took anything for free. Never. Really? I ha mm -hmm. I've worked for some never. companies where that was the case. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, how about that? How about that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, sense or nonsense? Astronauts miss ice cream the most on their space missions. Don't they have freeze dried ice cream? Yeah, I'll say sense. It is sense. Ice cream is missed the most, then comes pizza, then comes soda. Really? Like, yeah. Well, I guess if you're eating pizza, you need something fizzy with it. I guess. But you're not eating pizza in space. So. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is that you're trying to eat, it's not close, I'm sure. Well, it's not, I can't be that good anyway, although they're growing yeah. stuff up there now. So mm. yikes, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I know. Okay. So some factoids. It takes three gallons of whole milk to produce one gallon of ice cream. Wow. Ice cream cones were invented in 1904 at the World's Fair in St. Louis, Missouri by vendors. And it was a way to just serve ice cream easier. So they oh. invented that. Yeah, I thought that was cool. The most popular flavor is vanilla. Mm -hmm. And then comes chocolate. Yeah. The world record for eating ice cream within six minutes was made in 2017. Are you ready for how much? Uh, uh, I'm, uh, I don't know. 16 and a half pints in what? six minutes. Yeah. How? Ouch. Ouch. Just shovel it in. <laughs> gross. I know. That's gross. Well, have you seen a hot dog? Yeah, it's so nasty. Oh, I don't even yeah. want to conjure yeah. that image in my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bad. so gross. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's another Ben and Jerry's thing. Um, they receive over 13,000 flavor suggestions every year from fans. 13,000. I believe that. Do you know that they say that you're supposed to, Ben and Jerry's say that you're supposed to eat ice cream with a fork, not a spoon? Oh, yeah. Mm hmm Wow. Yeah, so that you don't taste as much metal. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Then what do you do with the end? Oh, I'll tell you what you do at the end. Put a straw in it and slurp it. <laughs> nope. One in five share their leftover ice cream with their pet. That's what you do at the end. <laughs> what if it's chocolate? Dogs aren't supposed to have chocolate. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Slurp it. So I'm one for three on these questions, which mm -hmm. is just horrendous. I don't really eat ice cream that much. I like gelato. And I like like stone cold creamery cheesecake ice cream with graham cracker crust in it. <laughs> but I do. My favorite is moose trucks. It has swirls of chocolate syrup mm -hmm. and it has little chunks of Reese's. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, and they throw that in and it's like, ooh, <laughs> like that. Yeah. See, I don't eat ice cream that much. I mean, partially because of the lactose thing. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Well, me too. Me but too. But I was never huge on it. Yeah. Oh, you know when we used to go to the shore? Did you ever have when you waffle sandwich with the ice yes. cream in the middle? Oh my God, that was the best there ever Love was. It. Love it. The Neapolitan brick mm -hmm. of ice cream. Yep. In between the two warm waffles with powdered yeah. sugar on top. Yeah. <sighs> that yeah. was that is like heaven from my childhood. <laughs> yeah. So good. That's good stuff. Yeah. Oh my God.
You want to do our eye peeves? Do you want me to start or do you want to start? You start. Okay. All right. My eye peeve is interest rates. Oh, yeah. So the Fed just raised the interest rates a quarter of a percent. Okay. All right. So loan rates last week were 4.25 and now they're going to be 4.50. Now I remember back in like in the 80s when interest rates on loans were like 19, 20%. Mm -hmm. And CD rates were pretty decent at that time too. All right. My issue is CD rates, not really loan rates. I'm talking about saving rates. These banks, for example, Bank of America last year made 88.5 billion. Wells Fargo made almost 21 billion. These banks are worth trillions, mm -hmm. but yet their savings interest rates aren't over 1%. They're like yeah. 0.7 or half, or it's like, come on, you're making all this money. Can you imagine how much people would throw into a savings account if they were getting some decent savings rates? Mm -hmm. I mean, I just don't get it. I don't either. I, I just don't get it. So they're more they're than happy to ding you whenever they can, oh, though. Oh, yeah. And they're dinging you on the loan side. Mm -hmm. So they're going to, okay, so loans are going to be four and a half percent, but savings is still mm -hmm. under one percent. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. They're making yep. all this money and they can't raise that rate. That's ridiculous. So that's my pet peeve. Mm -hmm. I understand. I addition. I addition. <laughs> yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Interest rates. <laughs> <laughs> all right. How about you? Mine is indiscretion apologies. Oh, uh, as it pertains okay. to like people in the public eyes, celebrities making apologies, right? So okay. indiscretion means behavior or speech that is indiscreet or displays a lack of good judgment. And this is happening all the time. It happens well, for many reasons, Got for it. lots Got it. of different okay. reasons, you know, all across okay. the board when yeah. anybody steps in it and then they have to issue an apology publicly because, you know, they've been basically shamed into having to apologize to because the they did something stupid. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or just in bad taste or whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. said something stupid. Yeah. yeah. I have, I have a real beef with this because these apologies are very formulaic and they're designed to <laughs> quote unquote, uncancel somebody. Right. So they're, they're crafted to, to convey this kind of weird language that is supposedly saying they're sorry, but really it's, it's not to relay any kind of genuine contrition, right? right. They say things like, thank you for holding me accountable. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize my words were that significant. That's not what I meant when I said that I'm continuing to educate myself sorry if anyone was offended. No one is perfect. I hear you. I love you. You know, virtual hugs, blah, blah, blah. So okay, and then talk about insincere, it's right? So insincere. And then possibly depending on what they've, you know, said or stepped in, they, they might right. now donate to a charity afterwards. Right, you know? right, right. So an insincere apology to me is worse than no apology at all, because it just offers to further insult those you have injured by supposing that they are gullible enough to buy this fraud you're peddling as though it were authentic, right? It's right. just another slap in the face. And what's worse is 
often it works. Yeah. <laughs> it works. Yeah. You're right. You're and, right. And it's just like, okay, you know, you did this heinous thing, but he said he was sorry. And now all the fans that you have accumulated can say, well, at least he said he was sorry. sorry. And he's learning from this experience. When you listen to this apology and it's like, really? That's your apology. Like if we were in a relationship or you were my kid, I would send you back to your room. <laughs> Be like you, you, you think that this is that I'm supposed to believe this, that that yeah. makes it everything. Okay. Yeah. And now, yeah. now I don't by any means want to sound like, I think that nobody should ever make a mistake or do something wrong. No, that's not the case at all. And I think a lot of these public apologies are none of the public's business in the first place. I mean, some right. of them very much are, but others it's like, they don't have anything to do with us, but we feel like we have a right to them somehow. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, you know, people can make mistakes and some people are Everybody very makes genuine. Mistakes. Yeah. And yeah. Some people are very genuine when they make them, but I'm talking about these ones that you're just like, there is no way your publicist made you. Oh yeah. Do this, oh, or yeah. you're doing this because there's going to be dire consequences. Otherwise, Absolutely. not Absolutely. because you're really upset that you have done yep. something to, to hurt people, yep. you know? Yep. And that's the, that's the thing that I take issue with. It's this insincere there's a formula for it i mean articles have been written on how to do these you need these steps in there and right. then all will be well again so wouldn't it be better if they just said that they messed up yeah that is i feel more genuine than this um i would like to apologize to if i offended anyone and, and the only reason why you're apologizing is because someone challenged you right. or somebody heard it and right. yeah yeah. yeah. Or you got caught reason. on tape. Right. That's the only reason you're exactly. sorry. Right. Or else you wouldn't be sorry. Exactly. I understand that people are getting things like drug up from like 1984 that happened yeah. that are, yeah. that's now coming out. Yeah. And it's not ever okay that you did the thing, but be sincere when you're speaking about it. Right. Even if you didn't know any better at the time, you know better now. Yeah. So just say, you know what? It was stupid of me to do. It was completely insensitive. I don't know what I was thinking, but now I would never do such a thing and leave it at that instead of your contrived apology right. that really comes across as if you really don't care Yeah, in I any agree. event. I agree. Okay. So there's not a lot of rock bands that start with the letter I. There really isn't. No, but there's one really good one. It's in excess. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about them for a little bit. Okay. Alrighty. We all know that they're from Australia. They started yep. in 1977. They were originally formed as the Ferris brothers because three of the guys are brothers. Yeah. Well, you know, it was a surprise to me that they started in 1977. I did not realize growing yeah. up that they had been around that long long time yeah long time. this was your typical um school band kind mm -hmm. of thing you know, garage the one band brother, kind of thing right the yeah one brother had a band the other brother had a band mm -hmm. and then they got together and with some friends so it's a great beginning story they were playing with midnight oil oh and you remember them beds are burning yeah yeah okay. And one of the members from Midnight Oil came up with the name in excess. I guess. Really? Yeah. So they did. They took it on in, in 1979. 
That's a great band name. It really is. And uh, I guess the Ferris Brothers doesn't really sound like a hard rock and band. Yeah. So I think he was I think he was right for suggesting that. Yeah. First album was in 1980, had a little bit of success in Australia. But in 1984, their first number one single was Original Sin. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much what took off from there. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple albums that they had in the 90s, Listen Like Thieves, Kick, Mm -hmm. X, Elegantly Wasted. So during the Elegantly Wasted tour, we all know that he was found dead in 1997 he was only 37 yeah the band was together for 20 years yeah it was it it was such a shock totally it was such a shock I mean I I remember being completely caught off guard by it yeah Yeah. at the time they were so popular yeah you know and nobody could understand what happened no not at all I mean some stuff came out after that but you know yeah but especially at the time because you're thinking that was 97 right 97 yeah we had we didn't have news like we have today we had MTV news updating us really and that was kind of like it there was no social media you know every eye in the world wasn't on it so right if it if it was now we would have you know had more of an understanding but back then we were really in the dark about it yeah yeah and talk about mtv how about all their videos they oh man excellent they were excellent. great yeah they were i great. mean even even just that one mediate oh within the cards with the cards oh that was fantastic absolutely Are you kidding that was, absolutely that was, that was so good yeah yeah the that band, one side was a really good video too oh so many of i them. know they were good yep. yeah yep. what's your favorite song can you remember my favorite is new sensation that's a good song. I was doing some research online and people kind of like uh, never tear us apart. It's a good song. It's it's They're fun to good. sing plus it's like dun 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 Yeah. We can live. That's a good song. I'm gonna I'm actually I'm gonna pick that one. Because yeah, it's fun to yeah. sing that song. Yeah, I like new sensation just it's because it's like happy and it is happy. Uh, yeah. Okay, so the band kind of, you know, faltered a little bit. Yeah. Tried a couple of singers and yeah. just never, it never happened. That's a tough one. It, it's tough. It really yeah. is tough when you lose your lead singer. It's, yeah. Yeah. Especially and a good one. Especially an excellent you know? one. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yep. he, he wasn't just a good singer. He was, you know, he was so cute. What a tremendous talent he was. Yeah. Tremendous, tremendous voice. So much charisma. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. So much charisma. I remember and, watching them in the never tear us apart video and being mm-hmm. like bowling. Oh my God. <laughs> like bowling, watching him sing that song and act yeah. that thing out. I was like, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was adorable. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, he like had I so said, much charisma. So much you charisma. Know, it's, yep. it's tough to replace a Michael Hutchins. It yeah. really is. Yeah, it really is. So a TV show was launched. Do you remember this mm-hmm. rock star? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yep. yep. They had auditions and they picked 15 finalists mm-hmm. and they pretty much eliminated one at a time. And, you know, this was really the start of this whole reality TV show yeah. audition. Yeah. Type I watched it religiously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was hosted by Brooke Burke and the judges were pretty much the five remaining members of the band and Dave Navarro. Remember really? Him? The show had a house band 
and people would sing. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, different songs, they got judged, blah, 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 blah. So after 11 weeks in 2005, they picked one person, and that was JD Fortune to be their lead singer. I thought he was too arrogant. Mm-hmm. I liked the guy who was the runner up. His name was Marty Casey. He was professional. He was good. I think JD Fortune was trying to imitate Michael Hutchins too much, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously it worked because he got the job. Anyway, 2011, they parted ways. It worked out, I guess, for six years, but that was about it. Yeah. Yeah. And they haven't really done anything since. Well, you know, I'm really sorry to say it, but he kind of was the band. Yeah. Kind of was the band. This is one of those instances that the lead singer is absolutely the band. Yeah. There's a couple of exceptions that you can bring in a new singer and they'll be successful, just like Van Halen did. But um, But but for the most part. Sammy Hagar had a career before Van Halen, though. Absolutely. And and not only that, but he wasn't trying to be David Lee Roth. He, he was, was trying not. to be Sammy Hagar yep. in Van Halen. Yep. yep. And that's what saved them. They weren't trying to recapture something, you know? Yep. Adam Lambert does a really good job, you know, as Queen's frontman now. But he's also not ever trying to replace Freddie. Like, he, he makes that he very clear, he you can't. know? No, he can't. He can't. He does a good job, but he knows he can't. And so they make no bones about it. And I think that's the right track to take. But in a band like an excess, they were definitely trying to make it be like, obviously, with them picking JD fortune. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? Anyway, well, they lasted six years with the guy. So yeah, maybe they'd had enough by that. And anyway, I mean, yeah, it was a good band while they were together. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Okay, so the movie that I want to talk about, I edition, okay. is In and Out. All right. With Kevin Klein. This movie is from 1997. And it was directed by Frank Oz. Yeah. I Yoda. Love him. Yeah. I um looked up who wrote it. A guy by the name of Paul Rudnick. Okay. And I was like, I know this name. He's done a couple of things, but more so, I was like wait a second. It's like, I, I know the name personally and he's from Piscataway, New Jersey. And he was born, he's another 1957 baby. (laughs) And I'm like, do I know this guy? You know, you know, I I do not. (laughs) I do not. It sounded just so familiar, Paul Mm -hmm. Rudnick. But anyway, he got the idea for this movie from watching Tom Hanks speech when he accepted his Oscar for Philadelphia. Yeah. 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 I read that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was wild. So the movie stars Kevin Klein and he was a high school English teacher in a very small town. Mm -hmm. And he's engaged to Joan Cusack's character. Yeah. Emily. She's so funny. She was really good in that. Yeah. And I love Kevin Klein. You know, I do. I mean, one of my favorite movies is Dave. Right. And, uh, and I do like a fish called Wanda. I do like that one too, but what an um, Oscar for it. I know. Yeah. I know. But my favorite Actually, from him is Dave. The yeah. Oscar that they use in this movie is his from a fish called Wanda. Oh, is it really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So they're watching the 
Academy Awards because a former student who was played by Matt Dillon mm -hmm. was up for an Oscar mm -hmm. and he won. Mm -hmm. And during his acceptance speech, he said, he thanked his English teacher. And then he said, and he's gay. Uh-huh. And the whole town is watching. Yeah. And <laughs> the whole town is watching horrified. <laughs> At that point. They are now horrified. horrified. They were so excited yeah. that he was nominated. And they wanted him to win so badly. And now they're, they're just horrified and speechless it went from smiling and hooray hooray to yes. their mouths dropping yes <laughs> yeah. kevin klein throws the remote out the window <laughs> he turns the tv <laughs> off and throws it out the window what the <laughs> oh it'll go away by tomorrow <laughs> yeah. he's so funny but the, the, um, the funny part is though that Joan Cusack's character Emily look, turns to him and is like, "Is there something you want to tell me?" Yeah, what are they talking about? He's like, "No, <laughs> I have no idea." <laughs> Why would they say that? I have no idea. Oops. And then the kids in class. Oh man, everybody starts so freaking out. Yeah, everybody, everybody freaked out. Yeah, the kids in class—they were so funny. It's like, well, you know, you're a little prissy. <laughs> yeah. Prissy, you're very clean. You're very clean. You're a decent human being. Yeah. <laughs> How about Bob Newhart? Your shirt's tucked in. Oh my God, Bob Newhart is very funny in this movie. Homeroom teacher. <laughs> but it's sad. It's. I mean, it, yeah, this is it 1997. Is. This movie it came is. out. Okay, yeah. so you have yeah. to think about that. But also. Oh, yeah. It's hard to watch now and watch people fumble through in a way that they they, do they did in back this then. Movie. Yeah, yeah, because that, that's how they acted back yeah. then. Yeah, and it's true. like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? You know, yeah. the whole will it rub off on us kind of thing. And <laughs> I know, is it contagious? Is it's ridiculous, <laughs> know. you know? know? And it's like, oh my God, I can't believe that was ever a thing. I mean. I know that yeah. they're, they're in some places and some people still have a little bit of a mindset that it can be cured somehow or whatever, but you know, by and large that's gone away, but to go back yeah. and, and visit a time where sure. that was the prevailing wisdom that, sure, sure, you know, it was somehow contagious or you could influence people into being gay or, yeah. you know, it's just like, oh my God, really? Yeah. But I like his mom because she's like, I don't Dippy care Reynolds. what, yeah. <laughs> I don't care what you are. I don't care if you're green or purple or whatever, but why don't you want a wedding? <laughs> all I want is a wedding. All I want is a wedding and place cards and, you know, music and this whole thing, you know, and dress up nice. Yeah, yeah. That's all she wanted was the wedding. And then it's funny. And then she goes, it's like heroin. <laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> That's really, that's really strong. I realized that over the course of the movie, you know, things happen and he meets Tom Selleck's character who, by the way, shaved his mustache for he this did. movie. He looked different, didn't he? he? I don't like him without a mustache. Nor do I. It's not I. right. It's He's, like it's something right. is wrong. He's got to have a mustache. Yes. <laughs> and he sort of starts to percolate on this idea that he, he might be gay. And then he does come to that decision. Yeah. But yeah. why is it I'd like to know? I know it's for like to create the most intense drama purposes, but why does it always have to have this catharsis at the friggin' altar? 
for this poor other person to like have to deal with the fallout now of this realization that you have made that you should not be getting married. Yeah. Like, why do you have to wait until this moment? That's like people's like one of their worst fears, Mm. death, speaking in public and being left at the <laughs> you could really do some damage to somebody, yeah. you know. Tell them yeah. before everybody they know has and she had lost all that weight, right? She lost 75 all that weight, pounds or something. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and you have to decide to tell her now, especially since you had time beforehand to tell her. Yeah. Like she kept yeah. checking in with you, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, and you wait until you're standing up there ready to say I do and you say I'm gay gay. (laughs) holy crap you're lucky she didn't kick you in the jewels like that's a horrible (laughs) thing to do to somebody yeah in front of everybody in front of everybody your whole town your whole town really yeah has showed up for this wedding Mm -hmm. and you just did that yes it's a hell of a thing for you to come out and it's the right thing to do to not get married of course but right maybe you could have decided that then even the, the day before the, the night before <laughs> you know like yeah. don't leave her when she's in her dress yeah seriously but i love her freak out though when she goes to the bar oh yeah that's the best yeah that was very good and it, when tom Selleck goes in and is yeah. like comforting her and she's like sleep with me and he's like i can't <laughs> and she's like why am i not attractive like what is it and he's like i'm gay and she's like is everybody she was so good she was was so good i like her a lot yeah one of my favorite parts is the self-help tape Mm -hmm. (laughs) repeat a man thing yeah yeah (laughs) yo (laughs) what a fabulous window (laughs) that was a trick (laughs) i I love that i like it when he's like untuck your shirt and he's like uh just one side you're like oh you Uh, hate this don't you (laughs) (laughs) i love that part yeah it's pretty funny my yeah. favorite part yeah is at the end when his parents are having the wedding so his mom uh-huh. could have the wedding or whatever yeah yeah and she's sitting there eating cheese puffs and matt dylan's character is just shoving him right in <laughs> there you go have some more so that's so cool that he, he liked her he had a crush on yeah, her and, and yeah, yeah yeah he liked her it, with yeah. a little bit more weight on her yeah yeah it's a fun movie it really is it is it is yeah, uh, yeah. i liked it a lot yeah, it was a cute movie. I mean, like I said, it was it was a little bit hard right now, having seen it for the first time, going back and watching that kind of thing. But yeah, understanding the view what of the time, were like yeah, back in 1997, exactly. Yeah. Especially having lived during that time. I mean, maybe if I hadn't lived during that time, I would be a little bit more critical of it. But it was also spoofing it a bit. Yeah. So. All right. So that was that was my movie. It's time for me to do my favorite movie. Okay. And it has to be Iron Man. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> of course it does. Yeah. Has to be. For, for what reason? Because of Robert Downey Jr. But <laughs> but it is a good movie. It's a, good it's movie. a really good movie. And I'm yeah. just going to talk about the first one. I'm not going to talk about two and three. Oh, okay. Okay. It's just number one. Okay. And um, do you know, do you, have you seen this movie? Mm-hmm, I have. Okay. So as you know, the first shot is a Humvee caravan in the desert. And the first sound you hear is. And that is significant listeners because AT's ringtone 
has been has been back in black for ages ever for ages and ages and ages as long as you've had a smartphone right yeah yeah Yeah. as long as i had a phone that can do a uh, ringtone Yeah. yeah Yeah. It's always been back in black. Yeah. So, I mean, that it, that is very significant. For us. So I, will, I was, I'm happy that she's seen this movie. Um, and then, you know, he gets attacked with his own weapons, unfortunately, by terrorists and uh, has a bunch of shrapnel in his chest. When I was watching this movie for the first time, and, I, and it happens to me every time, is that after they get attacked, it, it then cuts to like 36 hours earlier in Vegas when he's supposed to be receiving yeah. this award. And right. they're setting you up to know that he's like this genius and he's built this first circuit board at four and he built his first motor at six and, you know, graduated summa cum laude from MIT. Genius, 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 genius. Yes. He's wonderful. He's this, he's that. And he's receiving this prestigious award and he has not shown up because he's playing craps. And I was like, (laughs) I love this movie. This is going to be a good one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, it was just so good. Yeah. Perfect cast. Perfect. Perfect. Absolutely. Yep. Um, as a matter of fact, Stan Lee said mm-hmm. that he was so happy that Robert Downey Jr. was playing Tony Stark. He is how he envisioned him. How and he's, he, he said he was so lucky that they got him to play it. So yeah. you can't get much better than the creator's blessing. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, and he was a genius. Yes. Stan Lee. Genius. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I loved all his cameos in all the movies. They mm-hmm. were just they were yeah. so good and yeah. in this one um tony calls him half um <laughs> which is so funny but he really trusted john favreau and robert downey jr with yes. this with this property yes. and yes. you know i i'm so glad he did because mm-hmm. it was the really smart move on his part he has to be one of my probably my favorite director not one of my favorite directors mm-hmm. my favorite director yeah i because think i think favreau was of- Elf, right? Fantastic. Too. You yep. love Elf. So elf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like Favreau a lot. He does a series called The Mandalorian, which mm-hmm. which yeah. I adore. I love The Mandalorian. And I feel things are safe in his hands. He is going to do a good job. He's going yeah. to honor the material because he's such yeah. a fan. You know, he's yeah. such a nerd. And he's about a hard worker too. He is. Yeah. And he, and yeah. he pushes technology forward mm-hmm. to make things work. And right. if he doesn't have the technology already, and he's like, this is what I yeah. need to happen. How can yeah. I collaborate with these people to yeah. get it to work? So, I mean, it's incredible when we get, to, when we talk about the Mandalorian, oh my God, <laughs> uh, we talk about the he, volume and all that, but I had seen an interview with him and he had mentioned how hard of a movie this was to make. Yes. Very hard because of all the special effects. It was. And, you know, he had never done a movie like this before. Mm-hmm. And and all the robotics, too, with this. It's it, it was a lot. Tough. I mean, tough. Yeah. Th- there was a lot of moving parts just on the suit. Yeah. You know, it, it took a lot of work just to get the suit together. Yeah. And, you know, there was that's also amazing of- what they've done. Yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that there was a ton of stress and pressure on him mm-hmm. because they had hopes that this was going to be the beginning of the whole cinematic universe. That's yeah. a lot to put on somebody's, somebody's shoulders, shoulders. Yeah. especially with him insisting on having RDJ in the lead role, because yes. remember at this time, yep. he was not bankable yet again. I know. 
I know. You know, so this yep. was this was risky. Yeah. And and he was firm on it, you know, yeah. and he was right. We know he was right, but you know, then there had to be a lot of questions about it. And he was right on. He was right on. Yes, he was. He was right on. And uh having Jeff Bridges be a bad guy, that's always a fun thing to say because you don't get to see it too often. He did a good job. He was scary. He's got yeah. that voice too, that gravelly voice that like when he yells, you're like, oh my God, <laughs> don't yell at me. I'm scared. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow is also perfectly cast as Pepper Potts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the dynamic between it, Tony and Pepper perfect. is just yes. really good. It they just have really works. good chemistry. It just really works. Yep. Yeah. And um, Paul Bettany plays Jarvis, who is the yeah. AI kind of. Yeah. Thing that follows Tony around and runs his life. Well, he recorded that in two hours no for the kidding. whole movie. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't even know what film he was working on. He just did this as a favor for John Favreau. Isn't that wow. crazy? That is. Yeah. So, I mean, he's obviously his role has developed over time. And mm -hmm. by the time the Avengers rolls around, and they do Age of Ultron, then he actually takes physical form on the screen. But he did a lot of movies before right. that ever happened. He hung right. in there and there was a payoff. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, he's attacked in Afghanistan. He's got all this shrapnel in his chest, right? Mm -hmm. So they hook up an electromagnet to his chest and he's got a car battery. He's got to drag around, right? <laughs> to keep the shrapnel from going into his heart. And it basically pushes him to make a mini arc reactor. What an incredible mind they created to have him be able to put this thing together in a cave in Afghanistan mm -hmm. using like almost nothing mm -hmm. in three months. Yeah. Could you imagine if that man actually lived in the world? <laughs> what, what it would be like? Holy yeah. cow. We were talking about IQs earlier, right? I yeah. mean, yeah. Tony Stark in the world. Holy cow. He's going he's gonna to be close to the 200 mark, huh? I would say. I yeah. would say so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. When it mm -hmm. first came out, we didn't we didn't really know. Unless you were a comic book fan, you didn't know what this was going to be. True. Um, and there was a image of him in the trailer, in a cave, mm -hmm. in a tank top, mm -hmm. with the arc reactor glowing underneath, and he's hammering that metal helmet, right? The first. Right. right. The first right. Iron Man. Right. And watching that, and he's all dirty and sweaty and everything. And yeah. watching that gave me chills. I was like, holy crap, what is this movie going to be? Right. And when they put it out and it came to that part, it gave me chills again. And every time I've seen it since, it's still done that. There is mm -hmm. this excitement about this character being born in that moment right. Right. that just has sustained all this time that yeah. I can't I can't shake yeah. you know even though yeah. I know the end the beginning is still thrilling mm -hmm. talk about the beginning boy has it evolved over the years from it 1963 has. yes in the comic books I'll know we used to read them mm -hmm. you know we used yeah. to get them we used to read them you know Superman Batman Iron Man Green sure. Lantern we used to you know we used to check them all out mm -hmm. and uh yeah definitely has evolved from the animation the tv show is an animation right and, and like the first movie I have no idea how Iron Man in that first movie was back in 78 
even was mobile right <laughs> in that one right you know but now i mean it's just incredible it's, it's incredible. Just incredible and yeah. it even it took a long time to even get this movie made i mean yeah. this property yeah. bounced around and mm -hmm. finally came back to marvel and it was the first movie that they funded and produced themselves the first live action movie they did themselves so right. i mean right. this was a big deal at the time for that studio they had a lot riding on it and they came in on time and under budget and that was like a huge deal especially for a movie with this many visual effects their budget was 140 million usd and they grossed 585.2 million worldwide so wow yeah wow. it was in the box office so that was yeah. definitely yeah. uh a hit that was yeah. a hit no doubt you know what I love so much about him as yeah. Iron Man? Okay. Yeah. Sarcasm. Oh, just yeah. his, his sarcasm is just, I mean, and his timing on that is just right on. He's impeccable. Yeah. He's yeah. impeccable. And yep. the interesting thing about this is that there was, there wasn't a firm script for this movie. I mean, they knew where they wanted to go, but John Favreau filmed it the way you would a small movie an independent okay. film. So mm -hmm. there was lots of room for improv and ad-libbing. And that's like Robert Downey Jr.'s bread and butter. He's able to do that and stick that in, in such a unique and relevant way that he did that all over this film. That's a lot of just him coming yeah. out in this character. I mean, they're kind of synonymous at this point. Sure. So sure. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Favreau knew he was going to be able to make him like a lovable jerk, you know, yeah, especially yeah. in the beginning, Yeah, you know, before his, <laughs> before the transformation happens right. where he's like, I got to look at this. I can't keep carrying on this way. You know, he yeah. knew that people were still going to like him even mm -hmm. when he was being a jerk. And, right. and, and he, he kind of picks that up a little bit in some other movies too. He's can be a little jerky sometimes he goes off the rails but that's why he needs pepper to like keep him yeah, <laughs> on the straight and narrow <laughs> reel him right in yeah you know and not I that like he doesn't that... give her grief he does he gives her a grief. ton a yeah. ton but you and... know she is she is his moral compass i think like sure. she is able sure. to pull him back from the edge in a way nobody else can mm -hmm. and i like that uh john favreau is happy hogan yeah i like that yeah, yeah. He does a good job. Yeah, oh, he's a he's a great actor. I know. Well, he said yeah. that he wanted to be in the movie, but a movie this big, he couldn't have that big of a part. So that's right. why he wanted to be happy. Yeah, he it's lost a, decent... a lot of weight. Yeah, he looked it. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a decent part, though. It is. It, it grows a little bit more as it goes, mm -hmm. and then you know, mm -hmm. he doesn't direct all of them. So as he doesn't have to do as much, he gets a bigger, you know, bigger part. Yeah. Oh, one of the reasons why John Favreau thought that RDJ would be right for the part is because he had to so publicly go through all his troubles hmm. and he felt that he would be able to relate to Tony Stark in a very yeah. unique way. Yeah. You know, it's not like Makes sense. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, I couldn't get the girl or I'm a high school nerd. It's like, no, I've had these very real yeah. issues. And, you know, Tony Stark kind of did, too. He had those mm -hmm. very real issues that he had to deal with in the public eye from his father dying when he was young yeah. to, you know, all the, yeah. the, the mess he made. And yeah, the guy in the cave that saved him, Jensen, he gives his life basically to help Tony get out of that cave. Right. And after he's shot and they're having this moment, mm 
Mm-hmm. And Tony says, you know, thank you for saving my life. And right. he says to him, don't waste it. And I, that moment you see Tony's having a really yeah. emotional reaction because he's sure. basically losing another dad, another father figure right. who's giving his life for him. And that changes everything for him. That moment, especially as the movies progress, and he's really trying to live up to that. He's really trying to make that sacrifice mean something. Right, right. Iron Man. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. I'm all about the originals anyway. You know, I know you like those originals. I really do. It's a good one. Okay, I'm going to do my favorite eye actor. Okay. My favorite actor under the letter i is idris elba good choice i think so too yeah he was born idrissa akuna elba mm-hmm. september 6 1972 in hackney london england yeah and uh, he was on the wire and that's kind of what broke him first here in the united states mm-hmm. but i first saw him in the guy Ritchie film rock and Rolla with gerard butler he oh. played mumbles <laughs> Jerry played one too, and Tom Hardy was in that movie too. He was handsome, Bob. I I loved that movie so much because you know I love Jerry Butler. Yeah. But but that cast of that movie is really good. I like Guy Ritchie movies. I wish he put more women in his movies, but yeah. they're all you know they're guy pal films. But um, they were really good, and um, <laughs> they just bust their ch- each other's chops throughout the movie. He's known as being. A very funny guy. Yes, he's he yeah. is yeah. down to earth and very funny. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and like, um, you know, a manly guy, but like the best version of a man, like not uh-huh. in a toxic way, masculine, uh-huh. but not toxic, you know, so uh-huh. having them all together, like those kind of guys like that has got to be a lot of fun. Sure. But I liked him in The Losers. Uh, he played Roke. That was a, a DC comic that they converted into a uh, movie and like Jeffrey Dean Martin's in it and Chris Evans is in it. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and Zoe Saldana as well. But where I loved him, I started to love him was when he played Heimdall in Thor. Uh, that was Thor. <laughs> yes, Thor. Yeah. And he played Heimdall five times in the dark world, in Ragnarok and in two Avengers movies. And mm-hmm. I really started to, to love him when I saw him in Thor. He looks so badass anyway. But then I went back and started watching some other stuff. And I found like Luther, which is a um, BBC series where he's a detective chief inspector. Mm-hmm. And he's like a cross between like Sherlock Holmes and Columbo in it. Right. And it's very interesting. It's very good because he doesn't carry a, a gun. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't carry guns. Okay. And so he really has to like talk his way and figure his way out of so many situations that are different than here in the, in the, in the States. And it's just, it's very well done. He befriends this psychopathic woman who is obsessed with him and she gets him out of some situations because he's hunting her in the beginning. And then she like has this weird obsession with him and she kind of just wears him down. Hmm. So it's, it's really, it's interesting. It's, it's a good show. It's really right. good. Right. Um, a couple other things that he was been in, he's been in uh, fast and the furious that's Presents where I've seen him. Hobbs and Shaw, right? Yep. Brixton. He plays like a Terminator type baddie. Yeah. 
in that. He's really yeah, badass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Really good. Yeah. Um, and he also played crawl in Star Trek Beyond, but he was covered in makeup most of the time. You could barely see him. But he's got done all that kind of stuff. And then he like plays Nelson Mandela. So right. I mean, the guy right. <laughs> he's got some range on him, you yeah. know? Yeah, for sure. As a matter of fact, I had seen an interview with someone referring to him and they called him an artist mm-hmm. rather than just an actor. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, you know what? They hit the nail on the head on yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. He's um done some producing stuff too now he's venturing out he's doing producing stuff in the concrete cowboy and and also at the heart of they fall uh, he plays the baddie in that one too but that takes place in like the wild west it's it's really good regina king's in it it's really good it's violent but it's really good yeah he was in suicide squad as well yes but beyond being an actor he does a whole bunch of other stuff he's a dj I heard about that. Yeah. And he did heard- Harry and Meghan's reception. Meghan's wedding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I heard. what is that? How crazy is that? I know that's he, great. He's an it? international kickboxer. Yes. He has a clothing collaboration with Super Dry. He races cars and yes. he broke a record hitting 186.4 miles an hour in a Bentley Continental GT speed. I mean, it's been broken since, but yes. yeah, but he, yeah. but he broke the yeah, record at the, the record. time. Yeah. He's got an OBE. He was awarded an OBE in 2016 and he's got a foot fetish. Yeah. <laughs> Kate Winslet outed him on Graham Norton about the foot fetish thing. Cause they starred together in the mountain between us, which was a very good, but very intense movie. I liked it very much, but okay. um, yeah, she added him with that. He did not deny it. And <laughs> uh, he likes to sleep naked. There you go. <laughs> Sexiest man alive. I got it right here. 2018. There I got it, it right here. <laughs> you actually have it. I That's actually terrible. have it. And I kept it. And you know how many times I've almost thrown this issue away? No. I never. don't I don't hang on to them. I don't. No. But this one I can't throw away. No, you and, can't. And and I don't think I'm ever going to be able to now. No, you should, but you should frame it. But interestingly, I'm going to say this, this parlays into something we talked about earlier. We talked about Tom Selleck and his mustache, right? Right. Well, in this November 19, 2018 issue Uh of People with Idris Elba on the cover as the sexiest man alive, they have a little thing about Tom Selleck. Selleck. (gasps) I could see it. Mustache or no mustache. There was a poll. They took a poll. Oh, come on. And 86% of people polled prefer him with a mustache. Of course. <laughs> What's wrong with the 14%? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I just thought that it was so funny that we had talked about yeah. his mustache yeah. and then uh-huh. it happens to be in this issue. Yep. So I don't know if I can ever throw away a People magazine again because no. <laughs> look how well, handy you, it not is. Not that one. That one you have no, to keep. This one. Yeah. I mean, and you yeah. know what's even worse? I mean... it's even worse look at this look at this you people can't see it i'm very sorry you can't look at that oh my god nice photo pull it up online it's ridiculous you got to see this guy so (laughs) that is idris elba my favorite eye actor i had seen him on james corden years ago and they were just so funny together Mm -hmm. so funny Mm -hmm. they had done cats together yeah oh my god i was trying not to bring up the travesty that was cats (laughs) but it was it's a james corden thing oh god (laughs) 
Oh, and during the interview, he was talking about that he would feel very safe if um, he was a passenger on his motorcycle. <laughs> so the latest thing with him is that a lot of people are voting for him to be the next James Bond. Well, Daniel Craig actually recommended that he be the next James Bond as yeah. well. Not yeah. that he's got any say in it, but I guess he threw it in as, you know. Yeah. I would like to pass the torch to this person. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's going to happen. Yeah. I think it's going to happen. I think it'd be great. Yeah. I think it would be. If he did, if, it, if he did get it, I think he'd be the oldest person to take it on to start. I wonder how old Roger Moore was. He was 45 and live and let die. And Selba is five years older than me. So he'd be 49 and they haven't even started yet. Yeah. Might be right. Yeah, might be right. The oldest actor to play James Bond was Roger Moore. There you go. In his final Bond film, A View to a Kill, Moore was 58. And he thinks he's too old to play James Bond, but I don't think so. I, I don't think, think he so. can still do it. Oh, yeah, definitely. He looks good. And not just that. I mean, he is he's a kickboxer. Yeah. You know, it's like, come on. Yeah, he'd be great at that. I think he'd be good. I know. I'd, I'd be happy just to see him do it once. I'd vote for that. I really would. You know, just to see him yep. do it once, even if he doesn't yep. want to, you know, take on a franchise, you know, for right. like yeah. three films yeah. or exactly. whatever. Exactly. Just to get him in there. Yeah. I think would be fantastic. I think so too. As we're getting ready to put our finishing touches on this episode, we have some heartbreaking news. Taylor Hawkins, the drummer for the Foo Fighters, has died on the 25th of March. Terrible. And it's it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking Terrible. news. We're devastated as fans. Yes. And we can't even imagine what the family is going through right now. So we just want to offer our condolences to Taylor Hawkins' family, friends, yes. and band. Absolutely. So on a somber note, We'll wrap this up. We appreciate you listening. With that, we're out of here. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. <laughs>